continue exactly in that series. No, the, the, the most important thing is that I've got to preach what God wants me to preach every Sunday. And so in my prayer time, if the Lord brings something that just won't let, it, let go, uh, then, then I know that at that point I've got to switch. And so I want you to go to Luke, Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, and we're going to begin at verse 1. Luke chapter 12, verse 1. Luke chapter 12, verse 1 says, In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, and that's pretty amazing, but an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch that they trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, that, okay, we're not even to it, but, you know, that's amazing. We got this massive crowd so much that they're, they're walking on top of each other. And at that point, most of uh, the ministry-minded people of today would be, what the next statement would be, man, praise God, you know, let's, uh, uh, there'd be so many things on our minds about the wonder, about, uh, wow, look at this crowd, look at this great, man, this is amazing. But here's this massive crowd, and Jesus is about to make a unique statement. He looks, and he says, uh, trod one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all. You see, I believe he knew the heart of man. And he knew how easily we can rise up in pride. And it can be about the crowd. It can be about uh, the fact that we drew the crowd or uh, that we're part of this movement. You know, we're part of the, the, you know, we're part of the inner circle that's responsible for this. And he says, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. He says, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. He's got this massive crowd here, and he's, got a, he's, he's gathering together his, his close disciples, those who are following him, and he's going to teach them right now. While all this crowd's here, he's going to teach them a very important truth. He says, therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light, and that which ye have spoken in the ear in closets shall be proclaimed upon the, roof, the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that killed the body, and after that have no more that they can do. Isn't that an amazing statement? Uh, he, he said, you know, once they kill you, what else can they do to you? He says, but I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. And in some cases, as in mine, that's not really a difficult task. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall, I, shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless us this morning, Spirit of God. I need your presence and your power, Lord. You, you brought me to this passage, and Lord, as I entered into this passage, it, uh, 
it, it seemed to unfold in a way that I wasn't even expecting. So, Father, I pray, please, that you guide my mind and my thoughts. And, Lord, I pray, please, Spirit of God, as I yield myself to thee, that you'd wrap your arms around us as a mighty hedge of protection. Lord, I know it, it probably to the people, it almost sounds repetitious to me in my prayer. But, dear God, we need your protection. We need you to turn back the evil. We need you to, 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 to hover your wings over us and, and keep us from the enemy that wants to destroy us, wants to destroy our families, wants to destroy our marriages, wants to destroy our churches. And, oh, God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you bind Satan from this place and the, and the enemies that are trying to snatch away the truth today, please. In Jesus' name, amen. We, honestly, the, the, the initial kind of direction came. I, I have on my, my uh, uh, phone and, you know, my iPad, all that, I have a Bible program. And that Bible program, I've set it up that it'll, it'll give me a verse of the day. And, and, uh, and I'll, you know, I, I enjoy reading it and, and, and I read it. And this, but this time, just a few days ago, I read that verse and it pricked my heart and my mind and I felt God wanted me to search out the passage and it just actually uh, it came up I don't normally take my phone with me when I walk and pray but I had my phone with me and and, and uh, maybe because Tara was about to have the baby I'm not sure but but I I, I was walking and praying and, and my phone kind of you know that little ding on it and I and I looked at it and it was the verse and as I, as I looked at the verse and I began to continue to walk and pray, it just seemed like uh, I couldn't get away from it. And I knew I had to go study out the passage and, and look at it. Uh, but, I, but I also knew as, the, as several days now have gone by that it just, I couldn't get turned loose from it. And so uh, <clears throat> I felt God wanted me uh, to give that today. Uh, great crowds were following Jesus as the crowds increased. I want you to understand what's happening here. As the crowds increase, and it, it's still today, uh, in any church, in a church that's preaching the Word of God, if, if, if God's hands there and something's starting to happen there and the crowds are uh, starting to increase, the attraction of the religious also increases. Now, <clears throat> here's what I want you to understand. It's not because they want truth. It's because they want the crowd. Uh, you know, there's, uh, <laughs> there's honestly, as the crowds increase, there, there'll be those that'll come in and they just want to network, uh, network for the business, you know. Uh, there'll be those that want to find out how you're getting the crowd because they want the crowd. Uh, back when I used to, we used to have pastor school and, and um, way back in the 80s and uh, there would be people that that were so far away from who we were that would show up there uh, and they didn't they didn't want the truth they wanted the techniques That's right. and so uh when I, when I uh, just an illustration uh, I used to go to Great Lakes Naval Base and did for almost 20 years I'd go up there and and uh, about every three years, the, the chaplain and the, the leadership would change. And so about every three years, I was going to go into a potential battle because uh, some of them, you know, they just didn't want us there. And it, it was several years before I really realized in a conversation with the senior chaplain, I realized what the real issue was. You see, 
we were at times bringing over a hundred sailors in a weekend. Uh, we, the most we ever brought, I think, that I was part of was 138. Uh, but during that, what we call our football season, we would sometimes, in, a, in, a, in some falls, we would average, you know, 70, 80, 90, you know, somewhere in that, that area every week for about two and a half months. Uh, just great crowds. Well, as I was having a conversation with uh, this man, and then there was a senior chief that, that uh, was, uh, was wanting to help us. Uh, we had our conversation with the, with the chaplain, got through, and the senior chief looked at me and he said, do you know what the real issue is? And, and I said, no. He said, you know, there's 20 chaplains up here and they have different chapels. And I don't forget how many he said they have, and maybe it's 20 chapels. I don't know. But he said, the truth is you all are reaching more than they are total. You got more coming down on your buses than they have coming to all of their chapels. And this is on a base with 10,000 uh, sailors up on the base. They're just, and they weren't there to get people to their chapel. They were there to, forgive me, to pull a paycheck. And, and you know, so I'm not saying none of them were any good. There are some, some good guys out there, but the vast majority of them uh, at that time were just not. And so the, the fact is, is that uh, what happened was, is that they began to battle us, and what was they were really upset about is not not that uh, uh, that they weren't interested in the truth we gave. What they were interested in is in the crowd that we had. The religious want the crowd because with the crowd comes power and comes money. That's just the simple truth. Y'all understand that? I mean, you get more people, there's more potential for more money. Now, honestly, that's why I say that we pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. Now, we keep going out, so we keep running our buses. We, keep, we have a food bank. We do all we can. There, but it's not so that we can bring in people with money. That's obvious. Y'all didn't understand that, did you? No, that's not the purpose. The purpose is, is the souls. If God grows us, then that's a wonderful thing. But, it, but there is a lot out there that the crowd means power and means money. Jesus wanted those that came to see him. And he was, this is the reason I believe he was speaking to his disciples. He was saying, now, don't get sidetracked right now, fellas. We've got a great crowd and multitudes are come to us. Don't get carried away in thinking you're somebody right now because people are coming to hear us. Because people are coming to see us. He said, don't get caught up in that. Because, watch this now, if you do, you're getting caught up in what the Pharisees are caught up in. Jesus wanted those to see true Christianity. And this is why he says to them immediately, he says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Now watch this, though. This is what, when I got into it, I thought I was going a different direction. The Lord was taking me different. But then this is what he really just slammed me with. And it's such as so, so simplistic. But Jesus didn't just say, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. He went on and explained exactly what the leaven was. He said, which is hypocrisy? He said, I'm going to tell you the, the leaven that's in the Pharisees. Now, this is going to sound straight. The, 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 the prayer, that the, the, uh, uh, the fact that they prayed, that was not a bad thing. Prayer is a good thing. The fact that they lived 
holy, at least outwardly, that's not a bad thing. It's good to live holy. Amen? The fact that they kept the law uh, publicly was not a bad thing. It's a good thing. He said, it's not these things that they're doing. The fact is, it's the, the, the leaven that's in them is the hypocrisy. They dressed the part. They prayed so others could see. They condemned others who sinned. They talked spiritual talk in public. They praised themselves for their spirituality. They lived publicly a holy, righteous life while privately they were ungodly. Jesus calls them whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. And what it, he said, it's the outward. He's not saying that the outward things that you did see are wrong. You know what? The truth is, all those outward things we really ought to be true about. He said the leaven was not what they were doing. The leaven was the fact that they didn't mean it. Because when they walked away, when they... Out here, it's, it's what I say so often, you know, we, 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 uh, we, we get in a fight with our wife on the way to church because she's late. Come on, Carl. All right, no. You're married now. He hadn't said nothing to me. She's looking into him like, what'd you say to him? <laughs> he hadn't said nothing to me. I just know married, married people. All right. And man, we, we up, oh, look, oh, we, we drive in the parking lot, we're so happy. As soon as the preacher sees us, you, you say, hey, preacher, how you doing? What a great day. Y'all been chewing each other and spitting each other up. <laughs> See, what God says, it, it, oh, it's not wrong to be spiritual. It's not wrong to pray. It's not wrong to love people or to... Uh, uh, to live a holy life. He says, the problem is, is what happens when the door is closed. What's going on now? You see, that's really what he was addressing. He said it's hypocrisy. You see, Jesus described them this way, the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, verses 23 through 28, it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done. Notice that. He said, you, you do these things, you, you pay tithe, the men, manis, and come. He said, but he's going to say, but you ought to do those things. But you leave the others undone. And what's the others? Judgment, mercy, and faith. He says, you blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and, and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. 
Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are full within full of dead men's bones and, are, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisies and iniquity. Now, it's got to be understood that the Pharisees were lost. And, here, you know, this, this is where we're going to see a little bit of differentiation between well, where I'm speaking this morning. But the Pharisees were lost, but outwardly religious. And we still have that today. We've gotten their loss, but outwardly religious. But the real damage to Christianity comes from the saved that live lives of hypocrisy. So when the saved live lives of hypocrisy, salvation really means nothing to the world. You see, when we as saved people live lives of hypocrisy, the world looks at us and says, what do you have to give? Why should I want what you have? You're no different from me. You don't live different from me. You don't speak different from me. You don't act different from me. When you're away from your church and your church people, so why, do, why would I want what you have? All you offer me is, is uh, uh, to take away my Sunday. True Christianity is an incredible balance, and this is what's amazing in this, is the Lord says, okay, this whole thing is about hypocrisy. He said, but watch this, he said, he said it's about true Christianity is a balance of judgment, mercy, and faith. And he's looking at them, he said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, he said, but, which is hypocrisy. He said, now, hypocrisy doesn't have faith. Hypocrisy doesn't believe in judgment. Hypocrisy doesn't understand mercy. He said, but true faith, true Christianity is a balance of judgment, mercy, and faith. Mercy slash grace is the main ingredient today, and I'm thrilled that mercy and grace are available for us, but this is a lone ingredient according to what the Lord wrote here. What the Lord spoke here, it's a lone ingredient. And that's, honestly, it's what they're revealing. And I've preached much about it, and I'm not going to go a whole lot into it, but that's really the imbalance of many churches today. It's all grace slash mercy, everything, as one man is, is teaching and preaching today. You don't need to ask God to forgive you of anything because all of your sins are forgiven. Folks, that's a, that's a true yet slash false statement. The fact is, is they are forgiven eternally. But living in this world right here, God still expects you to come to him when you've sinned and say, God, I'm sorry, I know I'm wrong and you're right. Faith must be real. Saving faith and living faith is a vital ingredient. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And God says faith is very, very important. And that's one of the emphasis that we have here. But listen, it's not just faith alone. It's got to be faith and mercy. Folks, we need to live by faith and have mercy on those that don't understand it. 
We, we need to have mercy. We need to have forgiveness. And we need to have patience with people. But also, and here's one that, that really just doesn't fit anymore, uh, uh, really struggle with today in this world we live in, but judgment is equally important to God's formula. And that's a strong word. This word judgment is the word damnation, accusation. It's not talking about damnation as far as to hell, but, but it's, it's talking about accusation, condemnation, separating, uh, cutting asunder. Uh, so this is why Jesus says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, because if you live like them and live with them and, and become what they are, God says there is judgment that's coming. Now, what is really amazing is that Jesus says that all these three, mercy, faith, and judgment, he said, all these are weightier matters of the law. And again, the law is something that, that wants to be negated today or that, uh, that seems to lead the church wants to negate. Judgment is of the law. Mercy is of the law. Faith is of the law. For the law does not consist of do's and don'ts, but the law is the word of God, and it consists of faith and mercy and judgment. And so I was praying the other day and took some time to, to meditate, as I, and I was uh, doing a little traveling, driving, and, and I had to stop and, and write uh, something down. But, but God brought me from this passage to Luke chapter 16. I want you to go to Luke chapter 16 now. I always love it when I get about, uh, you know, halfway, two-thirds away into a message, and I think, ain't nobody with me. <laughs> nobody understands what I'm saying here. <clears throat> but this thought came to my mind as two worlds, and I wrote it down. I, saw, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I just, at the top, I just put two worlds. Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, verse 12, look at verse 12. It says, and if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So God's basically saying, if you're not faithful with what I give you, <laughs> why should I let you have anything? So, but verse 13, look at verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. God makes it real clear. You can't blend two worlds. He made it clear that we can never be what he wants us to be when we split our affections between him and the world. What it seems is that we in America have come to believe that you can mix the two successfully. Here's the philosophy today. You can mix these two things successfully. You can trust the Lord. You can be saved and you can be a good Christian, yet you can feel very comfortable in the world. And God says you can't love both of them. You just can't do it. He said, because if, you, if, you, if you're very comfortable and love the world and all the things that the world offers, he said, then you know, whether you believe it or not, whether you'll accept it or not, he said, you don't really love me. But if you love me, you're going to look and you're going to reject the world and understand that, that the world hates you because it hated me first. Many, now listen to me, and here's where we're going to get down to the, to the nitty-gritty here. Many of us 
It seems that at times we want our politics, our church, our worship on Sunday to be conservative. But we want the rest of our lives to be liberal and free. We want somebody to stand up, tell me the truth. But then we want to live free. For so many Christians... This is their week, and this is what I wrote down on that piece of paper there. And I don't know, I don't normally do this kind of thing, but it just, the Lord just put, I put two worlds. I put that verse down, and I said, here's, our, here's so many of our Christians, and I'm talking about saved people, this is the week. Sunday, at least Sunday morning, we're serious about God. Monday, we're miserable. Tuesday, we're t- is tiresome. Wednesday, we're simply worn out, too worn out to come to church. Thursday, we're totally waiting on Friday. Friday, freedom. Saturday is sleep in or slip away. And Sunday brings us back to getting serious about God again. But that kind of week makes one weak. W-E-A-K, makes one weak. It is humanity, and please listen to this, it is humanity to love God and seek to do His will, but fail. None of us succeeds all the time. We may desire to serve God. We may desire to love God. We may desire to be the kind of Christians we want. But everybody in this room this week, no matter how much we desire to walk spiritually, at some point we failed. Some point something happened. Something that even right now we regret. I came home before my wife left and I said, she said, how'd your day go? I said, it's fine, except for the fact that I almost got in a fight. She said, what do you mean? And there was some guy that was coming on the outside on, uh, on Riverdale, and, and I, there was nothing coming either way. except one car on the outside lane far over there, so I was going to let him pass, and I was going to fall in behind him, come out of this place I was in. And as soon as I started coming out, he decided that's where he wanted to turn in. So he cut right in front of me, and then he gestured to me. Yeah, he did not wave, no. You say, what did you do, preacher? Say, God bless him. No, I didn't. I pulled over and spoke to him. So, and I drove away and I said, what am I doing? Really, what am I doing? Because everything inside of me just, the old me. Because it's still there. Did you, don't look at me that way, it's in you too. Every one of you know it's true. 
I'm not condoning it. I felt guilty. I felt terrible. I've had to ask the Lord to get it out of my head because I've replayed it 9,000 times and think, how stupid can you be that you didn't get out and whoop the fire out of it? No, I think, I just, I've had to confess it. I had to go to the Lord. You know what? You fail. It is humanity to love God and seek to do His will but fail. This is not hypocrisy, that is humanity. It is hypocrisy to claim to love God and live in front of others as though you do, but knowingly, intentionally, continually live contrary to Christ when you're away from church and away from fellow Christians. My desire for my week is, and hopefully it would be for yours, Sunday I want to seek Him and His will through hearing the truth. That's my Sunday. For my Sunday, I have to hear myself, and there's just nobody better <laughs> that I'd want to listen to. No. But Sunday, I, have to hear, I hear myself. That's why periodically, you know, I enjoy having other people come preach for me. And I, have, I, you know, I enjoy being able to hear the truth myself because of Sunday, I want to seek Him. But listen, it doesn't stop there. Monday, I ought to be maintaining my search. Tuesday, taking an opportunity to stand for Christ. Wednesday, willingly desiring renewal through meeting together. You know what? That's why they have Wednesday now. That's why they have Wednesday service. You, you can't really find it in the Bible except that they, truthfully, if you find anything, they, there's some places they met every day. But we meet Wednesday simply because about halfway through this crazy week, we've been beat up so much, we need to get together, to fellowship together, to be encouraged by the Word of God. We need to come and learn the truth of the Word of God. We need to come things, learn things that will build us up and encourage us. And just spend, look, we spend more time in the hallways before and after than we do in the service. But that's a good thing. Thursday is totally striving to continue in God's blessing. Friday is feeling excited that Sunday is coming. You see, it shouldn't be thank God it's Friday. It ought to be thank God it's Sunday. Saturday is serving the Lord and soul winning and spending time with family. And Sunday is seeking his will again through the truth. You say, is anybody perfect at all of this? I, don't, I never met anybody yet. I'm looking forward to meeting, meeting him in heaven. But I know if this is truly your heart's desire. Hypocrisy is not the fact that you fail at it. Hypocrisy is when you present yourself to everybody else as though you're all for that kind of week. When you know in your heart you're going to live the other kind of week. How are we doing? Everybody happy this morning? Now, the truth is, we're about halfway through this message, and y'all don't want to hear that. 
So I'll just say this. Which one of these weeks most closely pictures your week? And I'd ask, does your week make you strong or make you weak? You see, if you live a week seeking him and his will through the truth and maintaining my search and taking opportunity to stand for Christ and willingly desiring a renewal through meeting together and totally striving to continue in God's blessing and feeling excited that Sunday is coming and serving the Lord and soul winning and spending time with family and seeking his will through the truth. You, if you really leave, you live one of those weeks, you don't walk in on the next Sunday dragging in surviving so the truth is if you walked in this morning surviving what you have to do is look back at the other six days folks we ought to be people that are thriving not just surviving but if you walked in this room and it's just like, man, I hope he says something good because I just about can't make it another step. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you this. I'm glad you're here. Okay? I'm glad you're here and I hope that this incredible preaching has made an amazing difference in your life. But you need more. You've got to live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And how you live it will make a difference in how you walk in that door on Sunday. But it'll also make a difference in how you get up and walk out your door Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Amen? So this morning, and again, you know, we present every, every time we meet together on Sundays, we, the fact that uh, if you don't know for sure that you're saved, listen, Truthfully, if you're trying to live a religious life, you're unintentionally being a Pharisee because the Pharisees went to church. The Pharisees tried to live right. The Pharisees prayed. The Pharisees, but they trusted in their own goodness, and they were lost. What you need this morning is to come to the understanding that salvation is a gift. It's already been paid for, but like any other gift, it's got to be accepted. And once we understand that Jesus Christ died and he shed his blood and died and hung on the cross and, and, and he was buried and rose from the grave, he did that, that we could have eternal life. And he says, I offer you that as a gift. At that point, we have peace. And we're truly saved. Now it comes down to, will we live the life that he's given us to live? In truth. Not in perfection, but in truth. If you don't know for sure you're going to heaven, I beg you this morning, let's get this settled. Because that's where you started off. If you 
Man, you're just struggling, and every day you're beat up. Every night when you put your head on your pillow, you're beat up. Every time you're laying your head down, you're just struggling with what's, what's going on in that eternity. Seeing that little lady sit across from my office and tears come down her face and see the reality and the peace in her heart that now she finally knew she was on her way to heaven. That's an amazing, that's amazing truth. It's, it's a wonderful sight. Now let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and your goodness. Lord, pray.